Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're going to turn to a guy who does it uh, day in and day out. Sirius XM's NBA radio host, NBA insider, Gerald Brown, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Gerald? Jody, it's a pleasure. I'm doing well. How about yourself? My pleasure. All right, so the Warriors win, uh, excuse me, Warriors lose, Raptors win the championship last year. They have their parade. We have the parade of changing of players on teams during this offseason, and we finally get to tip off. What's the best thing about opening night in the NBA? I think, you know, you hit it right on the head uh, coming off of a very, very interesting free agency period. And, you know, we go through the summer league, you go through the highs and lows of who signed where and what team lost their player. And then now it all really, all that stuff really doesn't matter because now teams have to suit up and they have to play basketball. So I think that that is the beauty of it because it comes full circle to everything that was done to now it's like, okay, we're right back in it and let's go. So it opens up with the Raptors and the Pelicans, and we know why the Pelicans are on because they've got one of the new most exciting players in the NBA, Zion Williamson. But sure enough, a week before, he ends up needing surgery, going to be out for a month and change to start the season. Surely not what the NBA wanted, and it can't be what New Orleans wanted because I actually thought even though they traded off Anthony Davis, what they got in return and their draft picks added – I thought they could be a uh, kind of under-the-radar team in the West. Now they're 0-2 already, no Zion for a month and a half. How deflating is that for that franchise? I think it's deflating somewhat. Um, you know, there was a lot of high expectations, which was very odd because the last, I believe, rookie to play on a playoff team and pretty much have a play an integral, uh, integral role into a team getting to the playoffs was Derrick Rose. And so to have all this uh, expectation there, and even though the president and the GM, David Griffin, said that, you know, he's not, it's, you know, they don't have to really rely on him. It's still, he's the face of that franchise. And I think it really hurts the league. But I tell you this, it's opened up the door for some of these other players. I think one, namely, keep an eye out for is a young man playing for Chicago Bulls, Kobe White who's barely came in to play a point guard spot, but he's really showing that he can also score the basketball. And you add him to that mix with Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing, I think you got a really, really interesting dynamic team uh, in the making in Chicago. All right, before we move off Zion, um, we all watched him blow out his sneaker last year. I was watching the game at that time. I said, holy mackerel. That wasn't one of those. Saw the highlights thereafter. It was scary when it happened right in the middle of the game. And then he goes to the Summer League, plays all of one game, gets hurt. They put him in what balls for the rest of the Summer League. And now he's hurt and going to be out a month plus to start the season. Is Zion Williamson going to be an oft-injured player? I know some people had worries about it because he's so big. His frame is what it is. That Should we be worried that his age is not letting his body catch up to what his mind wants to tell him to do? You know, it's funny because I think, you know, somewhat uh, it was a little similar with, um, 
Anthony Davis in terms of a lot of these little nagging injuries and being able to be able to sustain those injuries and play through them and play. I think the biggest thing with Zion is, you know, he's going to have to really make sure he's able to manage his weight. And I think the thing is also, too, is that's going to take some time and stuff. You know, he's a guy that really plays above the rim. So hopefully, you know, through these injuries, he'll be able to further develop his whole overall all-around game. So thus, you know, if there's a situation, obviously, he's not really relied on to play above the rim. So I think obviously now the biggest thing is he's going to definitely have to focus on, you know, getting his weight under control. And, you know, you'll see that whole maturation process play out, hopefully. But, um, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that, you know, this is not a situation where we have a reoccurring thing with injuries with him. Daryl Brown from SiriusXM's NBA Radio, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. I, I don't know about you, but the one thing that's jumped out to me in the first four days of the NBA season is, holy mackerel, the Clippers are scary. We knew they were going to be good. We know they added big-time talent during the offseason, the biggest of which... Uh, of course, is Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George hasn't played and isn't going to play for a while, and they're already crushing the opposition out west. Uh, are we looking at a 65-win team here? You know, Jody, I, I think let's take it a step further. you got to say that there are the odds-on favorites to not only get to the NBA Finals and perhaps win it. And barring any unforeseen injuries or anything, I think that it's clearly evident and safe to say that there should be very minimal arguments, if it, it, and obviously none at all, in terms of who is the best player in the league right now. Hands down, it's Kawhi Leonard. And think about this, the impact that he's made on that franchise, and basically two franchises, the immediate impact, you know, where you have to have some time, you know, elapse and guys get chemistry, this uh, Clippers team, his team that was already a very, very good team that played hard, defensively sound, you know, obviously with Doc Rivers having that pedigree, but to come in and have guys immediately fill their roles and play their roles to a T, uh, it's very, very scary to see exactly what this team is going to be like. And, and when they get a guy back like Paul George, that comes in the fold. And I think that this is going to help this, uh, you know, Clippers team to be able to manage – you know, Kawhi's minutes, his game action down the, uh, down the line, especially when Paul George comes back. But I think, you know, forget about 65 wins. That will be obviously the, uh, you know, the high point. I think that this team will be an NBA champion. I, I, I see them coming out of the West, hands down. All right, so they may be the best team overall in the NBA. They look like they're the best team in the Western Conference. They're probably the top team in the Pacific Division. And, oh, by the way, they're the best team in L.A., which wasn't supposed to be because that LeBron James guy picked the Lakers to join when he decided to take his continuous uh, conference final streak, uh, NBA championship round streak, out to L.A. They didn't make the playoffs last year. And while he's gotten Anthony Davis to play alongside of him, I don't think they compared to the Clippers and team go mano a mano opening night. Didn't look like it compared to the Clippers to me. How tough a pill is this to swallow for LeBron and all those Laker fans in La La Land? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm on the fence, Joey, because I think that, you know, obviously it's still early. You know, they still got to work some things out. They're playing a little shorthand without Kyle Kuzma and Rajon Rondo, so their bench depth 
is not what it really needs to be at this point. So I think, obviously, to evaluate them, you would hope to have those guys fully healthy. However, uh, what we're seeing right now is, look, the Clippers, as I said before, their chemistry and what they have been able to do in terms of just really implementing a guy like Kawhi Leonard and his presence, one where you have a closer now, I think that is so unique because now you can have guys like Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, those guys that are not really the offensive mind uh, scoring guys, they can really be guys that are very energetic. They have a presence on defense and just that energy that they bring. Whereas the Lakers, you you know, you're hoping that you can really get a lot out of a guy like Anthony Davis because I think clearly in some regards, the biggest thing that I'm starting to see in question, maybe just maybe father time and age and attrition is starting to catch up to LeBron so he's not able to do a lot of the stuff he was once able to do. So I think it's going to be very, very important for the uh, the Lakers to get those pieces back and further continue to have guys develop their roles because I think at the end of the day, what you want is a fresh LeBron down the stretch. And the biggest thing is, like I said earlier, in regards to when we talk about Zion and his health, can Anthony Davis stay healthy? Can Anthony Davis be able to sort of shoulder the load and really take some of that off of LeBron? That is something that remains to be seen. But when it comes to the Clippers, you know, I hate to say it, a lot of Laker fans might not like it. It is definitely the Clippers town, and it's the Clippers conference. Yeah, it looks that way to me. Uh, we're talking to Carol Brown from Sirius XM's NBA Radio. Um, all right, let's flip it over to the East. If the Clippers are the team to beat in the West, who's the team to beat in the East? You know, that is a really interesting thing because as much as, you know, obviously on paper we want to say the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, but I still think that those teams, Jody, still have some question marks. You know, um, Giannis won an MVP. He uh, played very, very well, started off a big win against the Houston Rockets. They're doing very well. But I think the biggest thing that scares me about his game is the same thing about Ben Simmons' game. Joel Embiid is already dealing with some ankle injuries. He's not playing today against the Bucks or against the, um, the Pistons. Is that the fact is, is that these two guys who are intricate parts to the success of their teams, they're not demonstrating anything from a perimeter. Forget about a three-point shot. We, we've seen these guys be in situations where, think about it, Giannis essentially won an MVP last season with taking very minimal shots from the perimeter. It was all really downhill, just really using strength and athleticism to carry that, um, that Milwaukee Bucks team to a Eastern Conference Finals. But I think clearly they'll be both very good regular season teams, but the biggest question marks is if a guy can be able to develop a jump shot, it will take them to the next level. And I think that, you know, with those things that are handling both with them between the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers, I like a team like the Boston Celtics. You know, Toronto's going to still be around there, to, you know, provided they don't have a real hangover, but they don't have that closing Kawhi because he's out in L.A. But I look at the Boston Celtics, who are playing the Knicks tonight. I think the Celtics are back to what they were two years ago after they had the injury to Gordon Hayward and Kyrie was out with the injury also. You had great ball movement. You had two players, young players, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown really, really get an opportunity to step up and sort of, again, assert themselves. Um, and, and you're having that mixture there, and you slot in, you bring a guy like Kimball Walker. I think uh, they don't miss a beat. 
You know, they have a system in place, and these guys are looking to rebound and sort of play in a role with Gordon Hayward. I like the Boston Celtics to sort of be that dark horse. Um, and you can't count out the Brooklyn Nets, but I think, you know, if anything right now, those are perhaps maybe the three teams right there, Boston, um, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. You mentioned uh, both Antetokounmpo and Simmons have to show that they can hit uh, perimeter shots to take their game to the next level. Giannis is already MVP level, but he could go a level higher if he could shoot it. Same with Simmons, he could become an MVP candidate. Well, that's your Celtics. Uh if they shoot it, you're right. They can play with Philadelphia and Milwaukee. I watched them opening night against Philadelphia, and I think Philly's going to have one of the better defenses in the NBA, and some of their shots were pretty well contested. They also had some wide-open shots that they couldn't throw into the ocean. Now, last night in Toronto, they uh, did, and that's how they won. So I think it all comes down to how does Boston shoot it this year, which means Kemba Walker's going to decide how good the Celtics are. All right, uh, if Giannis isn't, uh, you're not sure Giannis isn't going to take a step up, who's the top MVP candidate? Is, is it Giannis is to defend, or is there someone else who will uh, push him all the way to 82 games? Well, Jody, I, I think if anything, if you think about the, uh, you know, Brooklyn Nets fans, you might have to, you know, after two games, I thought it was so funny, after two games, they're already chanting MVP when it comes to Kyrie Irving. And, uh, you know, the, his performance in play, I think it's going to be really wide open, you know, where you have a guy like Kyrie Irving to be in the mix. I like uh, Nikola Jokic out in Denver and a lot of the things that he's able to do. But um, the guy that really has an opportunity and always stays around that mix it because they're such a high-volume scorer, and that's James Harden out there with the Houston Rockets. Uh, keep in mind, the Houston Rockets, the way they have that offense and they put up a lot of shots, and, they, they, you know, they're traditionally built for the regular season. Thus, that's why they struggle so much in the postseason. I mean, it's very hard to count James Harden out of that mix. And you never know. I, I think that it's, it's a lot of those guys. And then the biggest thing is how many games will come into play, will come into play and be a factor to decide if Kawhi Leonard is not the MVP. Because if Kawhi Leonard takes games off, which you think obviously Doc Rivers and the Clippers' uh, front office and management is going to really decide in terms of with load management. I mean, it, it, it begins and ends with Kawhi Leonard, but, I mean, again, if he doesn't play the necessary games, if he takes off 20-some-odd games and stuff like that, it would be very difficult for him to be an MVP. But if he plays, if he takes off 15 games or 10 games, I think arguably, hands down, it's Kawhi Leonard's award to lose. Load management equals uh, diminished MVP possibilities. I think you were dead right on that one. Gerald, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. We'll do it again as the season rolls around. Thanks, pal. My pleasure, Jody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.